In the holy name of Jesus, amen. On the third day, our Lord went to a wedding in Cana of Galilee, where, as his first sign, he gave good wine to drunks. This is the third day since he called Nathaniel. It's probably the 43rd day since he was baptized. He was baptized, then he's taken immediately into the wilderness for fasting and temptation. And when that was complete, he was ministered to by angels, and he began his public ministry and showed his glory as he called his disciples, took them to a wedding, and manifested his glory so that they might believe in him. The third day is significant. It's not just the next day or Wednesday or the day after that. It's the third day. And we are supposed to see this connection between our Lord's first sign and his resurrection. He wants us to notice that the first sign takes place outside of Judah. He's come to end the divorce. The divorce between men and women, Jews and Gentiles, neighbors and brothers, and also the divorce between body and soul. We will be reunited with God as we were meant to be. At harmony with ourselves, with each other, with him, Adam's and Babel's curse will both be removed. He provides the wine because he is the true bridegroom. There is so much here that uh, the most significant thing is really easily missed. This is the first of his signs. This isn't merely a statement of chronology. It reveals importance. This is his primary sign. The sign defines all other signs and all of his ministry. He isn't another John the Baptist, the Nazarite fasting in the desert. He did that already. But now, now he's here. And it's time to feast. He comes to weddings. He gives wine, really good wine, to drunks. And as if Jesus didn't hear enough of Satan in the wilderness, his voice rings out again. And this time it's through the master of the feast, complaining that the bridegroom has been stupid and wasteful. These people are drunk. There is no sense in wasting good wine on them. These people will not appreciate it. The bridegroom is an idiot, criminally negligent, wasteful. These people don't need any more wine. They're just going to abuse it without ever appreciating it for what it is. And yet... It's in that seemingly wastefulness that the Lord is revealing himself. How his glory is shown forth, not by his power, 
This sign isn't just some demonstration that he has control over nature. His glory isn't in the ability to turn water into wine. He does that all the time already. Every drop of wine was once a drop of water in a grape. Now his glory is shown in giving good wine to drunks. He gives good, wonderful gifts to those who in no way deserve them or have the ability to appreciate them, who will most certainly abuse them. This is the first of his signs, the primary sign, revealing his character and ministry, and it defines all the others. None of this is accidental. It's the third day, they aren't in Judah, they're at a wedding, and there are jars for washing. Not for washing the whole body, but the hands. Not exactly for obedience to the Levitical law of purification, but for upholding the tradition of the elders. You know, the ones the Pharisees complained to Jesus about. Why aren't your disciples washing their hands before they eat? Are they not keeping the traditions of the elders? Jesus' response, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? The first of the signs does away with all of these. With all of these rabbinic traditions and this abuse, he replaces phony law with abundant wine. Phony law was meant to make people clean, to keep them from breaking the law and sinning. But it actually misled them into self-righteousness. Instead of more laws to follow, the Lord gives us repentance and forgiveness. He eats with sinners. He gives wine <coughs> to drunks indiscriminately. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. <coughs> the repentance that we're led to isn't a work that we perform to make ourselves worthy. It's the word of God emptying us in order that we might be filled. Repentance and forgiveness, confession and absolution, law and gospel, they're both parts of the same divine word and will. We're drunks, gluttons, perverts. We should be struck down for our crimes. But the Lord pours out mercy and loves us. He welcomes you, declares you to be his own child and bride, holy and immaculate and good. All of his signs, all of his ministry, they fit this pattern, continue this mission. That's his glory. He gives good wine to drunks. <coughs> and because of this, his disciples believe in him. That's the purpose of his revelation. That's that they would trust in him. That's it. That they would look at him, look to him for what is good just like St. Mary does, that they would believe that he will provide. 
Jesus reveals himself to them, to the disciples, to us, and to those who believe in him. His purpose is to gather the elect, his flock. He's not desperate. He's not trying to make it work, to gain a profit, to gain prestige. The church is failing and in decline. And it always has been. On this side of glory, only the devil prospers. Here, Christians always suffer because we follow the way of our Lord to the cross. And yet, in the midst of that suffering, he brings us joy, feasting, Holy Eucharist. He turns wine into the bloody shed on the cross. And he gives it to sinners. To you. <coughs> he reveals himself to disciples, and they believe in him. On the third day, our Lord went to a wedding in Cana of Galilee, whereas the first of his signs gave good wine to drunks. The peace of God which passes all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand.